All right, all right. Everybody doing well? All right, give me a second here to set myself up. How many had a great week? Oh, one person did. Good. I'm glad. (laughs) How many had a great week? How many are thankful? How many ate too much? Oh, you woo, me too. (laughs) Yeah, I sure did, man. I tell you. Um, I had a very uh, interesting week. Um, In addition to, uh, it's been a great week in addition to uh, everything else going on and the busyness and all that. Um, Let's see, what do we do? Uh, Monday night football, we went to uh, Doc Johnny's house. And uh, something interesting happened there. I was sharing with um, uh, my friend Richard, who does jujitsu, and um, I was telling him how I was, uh, you know, trying to figure this one move out. And he said, "Oh, he said, you know, I love to teach. Um, why don't you show me what you did?" And I was like, uh, "Like here?" He goes, "Yeah." I said, uh, uh, "I said, uh, no, nah, it's all right." He goes, "Yeah, no, we'll ask, we'll ask Johnny." Well, I asked Johnny to get down and maybe you can, you know, do it on him. And I said, no, I said, no, I wouldn't do that. You know, jiu-jitsu, you got to get pretty close to, you know, people, you know, and two guys. I don't know, you know, how that goes. And I don't know if Johnny, and Johnny was like, yeah, <laughs> I'll do it. You know, and he flops down on the ground. And I said, okay, wow. <laughs> okay. I said, Johnny, you understand I have to get on top of you. He said, yeah, okay. And I was like, all right. And so I started to, you know, proceed. And then, and Richard was like, oh yeah, just, you know, maybe adjust this and, you know, keep your hand up. And then, and I, and I didn't want to put my weight on him because, you know, I'm over 200 pounds. And so uh, Doc Johnny was like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. I was like, no, no, I don't want to do that. And Richard was like, here, let me show you. He got up and he sits on Johnny and Johnny's going, and he, and he goes and he locks him up doesn't this, you know, move called an Americana. And he's like, he's telling me, you know, this is how you do it while he's suffocating Johnny. You know, that was about halftime at the football game. And so we did that. And then something else that I'm kind of thrilled about, we inherited some house guests. Um, And so um, we have house guests in the house right now. They're not new to you. They're not new to us. But we're thrilled that we get to hang out with them for a couple days. And so uh, pray for Chris and Yessie. They're renovating their bathroom. Uh, And how many renovations never go the way you think they should? They always go over budget. They never finish on time. That's kind of the situation. And they were like, you know, hey, can we uh, hang out at your place for a couple days? We're like, please, come on over. Just bring some food. They brought some apple pie. And so we're jamming. You know, we had a good time. And so it was a busy week, had a lot going on, but, but I love it. Um, and so um, we're in the holidays, uh, a.k.a. crunch time. How many are feeling the, the Christmas crunch now? How many have uh, started their Christmas shopping? Okay, well, look at this. All right, we're ahead of the game. Good for you guys. All right, well, we're going to end our series today uh, in Reboot, um, and I'm excited to bring this message to you. Would you be interested if I told you there was a medicine that reduces stress, makes you live longer, and increases happiness? And what if I told you that this medicine would make you more connected And that it would give your life more meaning and purpose. And what if I told you that the medicine was free and had no side effects? How many would be interested? Well, I'm here to tell you 
that it exists, but not in the form of a pill, not in the form of a potion or uh, anything like that, no powder. It's delivered to your body and mind by serving others. By serving others. I want to talk about a way to achieve all of those things that I just mentioned. I want to talk to you about helping yourself by serving others. Now, this is going to be a message that helps us grow beyond our own self-interests. Our own, uh, to go from self-interest to selfless service. And the, pos- and the positive effects it can have um, on us and who it benefits and how it benefits them. We're going to read a portion of a parable. The parable is called the uh, parable of the sheep and the goats. You guys might be familiar with it. So if you have a Bible uh, or a Bible app, turn your Bible to Matthew. We're going to be in chapter 25. And we're going to start in verse 34 through 40. And pardon me if I kind of go through this a little bit quick because there's something that I want to do uh, during my message. So verse 34 says this. Then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you a drink? Verse 38. And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them. Truly, I say to you, As you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Bow your heads and pray with me. Father, thank you so much for being an amazing God. And thank you so much for caring for us so well. Now, Father, I pray that we would recognize where we've come from, what you've brought us through, and where we are now and how incredibly good you are. And Father, may we respond to you accordingly. Holy Spirit, move through your word, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, this is a very interesting parable. As you know, a parable is a story that functions as a teaching device. The purpose of a parable, you know, one, one thing that I notice the more that I read the Bible, and maybe you notice this too, but the more you read the Bible, the more the Bible reads you. How many of you have found that? I've been encouraged through the Bible. I've been inspired through the Bible. I've been corrected through the Bible. I've been, thank you. <laughs> I wish my voice was like that. But parables are designed to work, to work on you over time. Parables are designed to get lodged into your head 
and stay there for a while so that we, number one, remember it, and number two, it helps us. And so this parable has done that for me. I mean, it's, like I said, it's very interesting. It talks about sheep and goats, and there's a king who's talking. Obviously, that king is Jesus. And he's giving this scenario. Um, man, this, this message could have went so many different ways. And the one thing that, that I noticed about this scenario is when he addresses the righteous people, he tells the righteous people, this is what you did for me. And you notice the ones he was referring to, the righteous didn't even remember. They didn't even realize what they did. This is how much and how normal this type of thing was that for them. They were, this is just what we do. Jesus, when, when did we do that? And Jesus had to remind them all the good things you did, you did to me. That's where I'm hoping this message will get us, uh, inspire us to be today. So we're talking about growing beyond our own self-interests. Obviously, there's pros and cons to our own self-interest. Self-interest in itself doesn't always mean selfish, but many times it could lead to selfishness. But at the core, self-interest is simply caring for oneself, and there's nothing wrong with that. Self-interest is essential for our own well-being. In other words, if you're not concerned about yourself, who will be, right? Not necessarily anything wrong with it. Uh, And then when it comes to uh, the negative side of self-interest, we can go through a whole list, but I won't do that. I will just say this one thing, is that when you operate in the mode of self-interest, it only helps you and nobody else. Not necessarily anything wrong with it, but you can see where this is going. I want to start off with this quote from the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. He said, life's most persistent and pressing question is what are you doing for others? What are you doing for others? In the kingdom of God, we are to go beyond ourselves because he's called us to serve others. If you really want to have meaning for your life and you really want your life to count, serve others. Serve others. But how do we get from self-interest to selfless service to God and to others? And who does it help and how does it help? What is the progression that will allow us to get the most impact spiritually and in this life that we live in? Um, just a heads up. Um, oh, no. I'll, I'll, uh, for our sound guys upstairs, I'll be using another microphone uh, here in a second. Um, but when it comes to serving God, at least in God's kingdom... We always start with worshiping him. It starts with worship. It's the best place to start. But remember, our personal worship with God is only the beginning. If we come here every Sunday and get our worship on and that's where it ends, as wonderful as it makes us feel, it's a tad selfish and that's being generous. We start with worship because that's what guarantees our heart stays right because I don't know about you I know a lot of people who do a lot of the right things for a lot of the wrong reasons and that's one thing we don't want to do as we represent God so start with worship but don't stop there it's only the beginning so most of us are here because we want to pursue God I assume most of us love God I assume most of us 
uh, uh, respect him. But I would venture to say that the majority of us are here because we have already found him. And so now we understand that meeting together corporately like this is, uh, is an expression of our worship. It's part of our duty to come together with God's people. For those who say, I can be at home and head doesn't mean it's okay. Does it mean Jesus isn't there? No, he's there. Does it mean the Holy Spirit isn't there? No, he's there. He might deal with you, speak with you, but you're missing an element. It's called the body of Christ. And by constantly just being by yourself, just me and Jesus, you're, you're missing out on something so much wider. And if by chance you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus, I pray that, that you will do that sometime soon. But most of us are getting saved. Uh, and afterwards, we invite Jesus into our lives. We have uh, learned and are learning to worship him and we're walking with him and we're walking together. And you come to church on, somebody, uh, on Sunday, maybe somebody's gone through one-to-one with you. Uh, maybe you're in life group and maybe you even go to lunch afterwards. Woo, venturing out, you know what I'm saying? Getting a little adventurous. Somebody invites you to lunch, sure, I'll go. And so now you're doing things, you know, with God's people, right? We know that part of our worship and devotion to him is doing those things. Church is part of that. And that's wonderful. Maybe you've been coming to church for a while. Awesome. But you come here as part of your worship and devotion. You hear the music and you worship. And maybe you're even at the point where in worship you throw a hand up every once in a while. Now you're feeling it, right? Maybe you even close your eyes or maybe one eye. And you're moving along and you're growing in him. And you're growing in this, ex- uh, this expression of worshiping him. And that's incredible. And maybe you've been doing it for several years now. And you can feel the growth in you. And you can feel that you've, you've gone a lot further than you have before. When you feel the presence of God. But then you start to notice that there's a plateau. And we've all been through something like this. Where we wake up. And all of a sudden we have this feeling of. Oh man, I, man, I wonder if I just. Maybe stay home today. Anybody ever felt that? Okay, I'm the pastor and I'm not admitting anything. And maybe you're kind of talking your way out of things. Man, it was, it was 37 degrees in my house this morning. I don't know about you guys, but my blankets felt good. You know, I can understand how bears hibernate. You know, when you get good sleep and you don't want to wake up, and bears can go for months. Sometimes I feel like I can do that. The temperature's right, cold outside, but man, warm blanket. But suddenly you're just not feeling it anymore. Are you right with God? Yeah. Are you walking with him? Sure, yeah, you are. Do you pray? Yes. Do you read your Bible? Yeah, but there's something. Something that's just, I don't know. We start to feel a little bit, you know, no one will mind if I miss a day. And maybe you're at that point. What's interesting is, you know, maybe when you first came to know God, those excuses wouldn't have lasted. Those excuses wouldn't have carried you to push through. But now you're feeling, I don't know. Maybe nobody will notice. Not a big deal if I miss a Sunday and then it turns into maybe a couple of more. 
Maybe it was sudden or maybe it wasn't sudden. Maybe it was subtle. Maybe it's not church. Maybe it's life. Maybe you're not feeling motivated. Maybe you're not feeling fulfilled. And there's something that's just, man, what am I doing? You begin to question. What am I doing here? What is my purpose? And we kind of put it on God sometimes. God, I'm serving you, but I still haven't found. You ever done that? God, I still, I don't understand. I think we all have at some point. You can be happy because you did things at work. You can be proud because you did things at work. You can be excited because you had success at something. But do you want to know how to really be fulfilled? To experience fulfillment? It's when you do something for someone else. It's the only way you feel fulfilled. You know, statistics say over 90% of people don't find fulfillment in the things they do. It's not because of the job. It's not because of the pay. It's not because of the benefits. It's because we don't help each other out anymore. Think about your work environment. A lot of times we get into our cubicle or we get into our workspace and we don't talk to anybody. You may be the best at your job. You may have gotten awards and still feel unfulfilled. Why? Because we lack that connection with other people. And again, if you want to feel fulfilled, it's, it only comes through serving others. Two weeks ago, we talked about generosity. Uh, I think two weeks ago. And, uh, you know, that was a little bit more kind of financial. But here's the definition of generosity. Something I've kind of uh, come to the conclusion for myself. Generosity is this. Giving something or doing something for someone else and expecting nothing in return. Expecting nothing in return. A lot of times we have this, well, I did that for him. I did that for her. Why don't they do that for me? And we try to dumb it down to, a, to an equation. And how many know fulfillment is not an equation? It's not, it's not that simple. It's not that easy. It's a design that God created to help us in life. Not only will it help you find answers, it will help you find and feel fulfillment. I'm going to use the red mic. I want you guys to help me as I welcome my friend and brand new house guest. Yesi, could you come up? How many are blessed by this couple, Yesi and her husband, Chris? Okay, I won't make you cry. She said, we haven't even started going yet. Um, first, we just want to get to know her. So, Yessie, in a nutshell, tell me how your life was before you surrendered your life to Christ. Um, so, before I had Jesus in my life, I was kind of living day by day, um, just finding the next fun thing, the next thrilling thing, um, and didn't really have... Um, a, like a vision for my life. Okay. Yeah. Great. Now, tell me how or who was instrumental in you coming to know the Lord? Um, so, thankfully, Chris, my husband, was attending UNLV, and he found Pastor Matt on campus, and um, 
Pastor Matt was having lunches with Chris, and then eventually we had a double date, and I met his wife, Jerrica, and um, they invited us to church, and then we've been coming ever since. That was like over six years ago. All right, wonderful, wonderful. Okay, so you gave your life to Christ, and everything was fine after that. You were perfect, right? <laughs> well, I like to... I think I made myself believe it was going to be that way at first, and then reality hit, and it wasn't very perfect. It no. wasn't. Okay, so now you're in this relationship with God, mm -hmm. and you're following him. Um, tell me a little bit about the dynamic of your life. So you're following him, but we know that nobody's perfect, nothing, nothing ever goes smoothly. So right. give me a little bit of a background of what that looked like. So... Okay, I'm gonna just say my thing. <laughs> so, um, at that time, our church was really small, and we needed people for toddler church, elementary, um, and at that time, I was thinking, I don't know, like I, I always have loved kids, I thought I was gonna be a teacher, um, but I felt like I couldn't go serve these kids because I still had all these things that I was kind of still attached to, these habits, these just things that wouldn't be so godly. Um, so I felt like I couldn't do those things. Um, but I, I was still encouraged that even if I wasn't perfect, you know, I should just continue to serve. So Toddlers was my first ministry, and I started, I started there. Okay, great. Now, what do you do now um, for now, the church? Yeah, so now um, I lead a life group. And I also lead our youth group. Um, I've been kind of plugged in a lot of different ministries. Started with toddlers, was in an elementary for a while. I did welcome for a while. <laughs> and um, now um, youth is definitely my passion and it's wonderful to see um, everything grow. And um, I was kind of talk talking to Pastor Roland about how now I am expecting a baby boy. He's coming in March. <laughs> So my next ministry is going to be um, serving my husband and serving my baby. Um, so kind of just reflecting on all of the different ministries that I've experienced and really um, seen now that I'm going to take a break from all of that and really seeing that stepping into all those ministries, stepping into the serving and the volunteering, um, how much that really help me let go of the bad things or bad things, the things that didn't really serve me anymore. And so I was explaining to my husband how I'm very excited to be a mom. I am so excited and I'm so blessed to be um, a mom. Um, but a part of me is mourning this side of me that, have give, that God gave me these opportunities to serve kids and serve people. And it's brought me so much joy and it helped me kind of just shift my perspective in things without really even trying. I was just showing up and doing what I felt like felt good at that time. Um, and my habits started to change. My mindset started to change. Um, the things I desired just started to change naturally. Um, so when I think back about it, it's kind of crazy and weird how it's just a very supernatural feeling how things just shift. And when they say that God changes you from the inside out, like I, I feel it now. Um, because it was just a very natural thing. I didn't have to get mad that I didn't want to go to the club anymore. <laughs> it was just a natural thing. Like, oh, no, I got church in the morning, and I want to look fresh for church. You know, I don't, it was an easy transition um, for me to start letting go of those things naturally. And 
Um, so it's just, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> great, great. So last question. How much of serving, how much of that played a part in the change in you? I feel like so much. <laughs> the serving, I think, helped me have a greater purpose. Um, it's helped me with a vision of my life. Um, I think it's helped me find the things I'm actually passionate about, um, the things that actually bring me joy, fulfillment, and joy in my life um, that I that I might have known that was there, but now I'm even more sure of what it is. You know, I'm a hairstylist, um, but serving and stuff has made me realize like I want to help people and I want to really make a change in our community. So um, it's even showed me that I can be open to a career change eventually um, because God has really just showed me really why he has created me and um, like I said, really showing me my talents that I didn't know really existed. Um, and just, yeah, he's given me a, a more clear vision of, of why he created me. Amazing, amazing. Lord, we thank you for this family. Lord, bless Chris. Bless Yessi. Bless this baby in the name of Jesus. Thank you for them. Amen. 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 Thank you, you Yessi. Give her a hand. You know, Isaiah says that when you feed the hungry, when you clothe the naked, when you help those in need, then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will come. Isn't that interesting? Your light will break forth and your healing will come. When you serve others, God does something in you as we've heard uh, through Yesi, thank you for your testimony, Yesi. So you see, God knows what he's doing. God designed it this way to encourage us to do these things. If you find yourself in a rut, I would challenge you, find a way to serve somebody because it's not an accident. So we must worship him, but we're also called to serve others. We start with worship, but that's only the beginning. My next point, true worship is always accompanied by service. True worship, if you want to say, I worship God and I love him, true worship is always accompanied by service. James 2.26 says, for as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. That doesn't mean that works is salvation. It doesn't mean that we can work our way to heaven. It doesn't mean we can, uh, you know, perform our way closer to Jesus. That's not what it means. It's saying that there's this natural merging of worship and service that just works because God designed it to be that way. Maybe you're sitting here today and you love the presence of God and you love what he's doing in your life and you feel so much of him, but you feel like there's more. I would venture to say it's probably the next step for you might be finding your place in this body of Christ and where you can serve. It's funny, Yessie mentioned her discovering gifts that she didn't even know she had. The first time I ever touched a guitar, I was 19 years old. I didn't like guitar. I just thought guitar was, you know, like hard rock and, you know, stuff like that. You know, I was more kind of a hip-hop guy, you know, and, and so I was like, ah, I don't like guitar. And so I got my life right with God, and they said, you know what, we need musicians. And I was like, hmm, do you play guitar? No. 
but I have a friend who does. Let me ask him. And I remember the very first song I learned how to play was a song by Metallica. Heavy metal, because it was power chords and it's easy. You know, you just move your hands, same form. And I was like, hey, I can play. What I didn't realize is, man, I picked up that guitar at 19 years old, and man, I just, it was just natural. And I picked it up as one of my favorite things to do now. I would have never, ever known had I not been a part of the church, had I not tried to meet a need. And then I discovered, hey, I am musical. It's not just about rap or beats. I can play guitar. Faith apart from works is dead. Um, Let me jump right to point number three. I'm going to fast forward a little bit. Serving isn't just what we do. A servant is who we are. It's not just what we do. Being a servant is who we are. It is part of our identity. When you gave your life to Christ, that was part of the way. If, if, if service is what helped Jesus accomplish his mission, chances are it's going to help us to fulfill ours. Ephesians 2.10 Remember, this is a design. Remember, this was not an accident. Remember, this was all on purpose. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus, for a life of good works that God has prepared for us to do. Let me read that again, because I feel like you still need to digest it. For we are, how many are a we? Are you a we? You a we? You a we? We, we? For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus for a life of good works that God had prepared for us. Take that big finger and point it right at yourself. He created us for that. We all want to go higher. We all want to do better. We all want to overcome obstacles. We all want to accomplish our dreams. We all want to rise to the top. But as long as we're only focused on ourselves, we'll get stuck. God brings people and opportunities across our paths so that we can be a blessing. From the very beginning, that was God's intent. When you take time to serve, you bring that elderly neighbor food each week. You run across the street to your neighbor and see how they're doing. One thing me and my wife uh, love to do is uh, when we see a car broken down, one thing we'll do is we'll drive by. If it's a female and she's by herself, we will always stop. Men, we love you, but I'm just saying you're a man, okay? (laughs) But if you're from our church, maybe. I'm kidding. No, I will. I will. I will. I promise I'll stop if if I recognize you. But we know, if we know that somebody that, man, they're really at a disadvantage, we, we always, even if it's on a freeway, we'll get off on the next exit, come all the way around just to make sure that they're okay. And you know what's crazy? It creates some of the best opportunities to minister. When somebody's in so much need and you stop, and they're like, oh my gosh, thank you. Yeah. It's easy. 
It's easy. When you clean up at work, even though you didn't make the mess. How many love your coworkers? Yes, we do. You mentor that young man or woman who doesn't have parents. That's what allows God to take you higher when you do things like that. We think we have to work our way to the top. The truth is, in God's kingdom, you serve your way to the top. Something powerful happens when we get past ourselves and you do good to someone else. As we just read the quote, who are you serving? Are you serving anyone else besides you? Are you doing something more than just what is required of you? The reason why some people aren't happy and aren't fulfilled is because they only focus on themselves. My dreams, my goals, my problems. Take a break from you. Trust me, it feels good sometimes. Take a break from you. It's not healthy to have you on your mind all the time. Take a break from what's bothering you, from, from what you want, uh, from what you're dealing with, and go and be good to somebody. Go and be good to somebody. Not only that, when you're good to somebody, that's a seed that you're sowing. There's something about God, and he has never failed in this, but you can never, ever outgive him. Never. And so when you are good to somebody, you're sowing seed, and I promise you that comes with a return. And it's not even for even. It's not tit for tat. God says, oh, you, you give me a little bit, watch this. Bam. That's just the way he is. And sometimes we're waiting for breakthrough. And we haven't done the first thing, which is to serve others, which is to be a blessing. That coworker whose car is in the shop, hey, man, let me, let me pick you up today. Let me drop you off. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit out the way. No problem. We got the freeway. I can do that. You're sowing seed. That single mother struggling to make rent. How about you say, hey, you know what? Let me help you with your groceries this month. Don't worry about it. Let me help. Let me help carry some of that load. That colleague who doesn't understand the computer program at work. Hey man, why don't, why don't I stay back? I'll share with you at least what I know. Let me try to help. These things get so much mileage. You might think you're taking extra time. It's only a few minutes. It goes so much further. When you do those things, God opens doors for you that you can't open on your own. It just, it just works out that way. I feel privileged to be on this, this journey with my family. You know, serving in ministry. We, you know, we're very fulfilled. We serve our country because my wife's in the Navy. Hallelujah, it's her, not me. I would have went, but, you know, because, you know, she, there's more advantage for her to go. I'll tell you the story later. Um, but, but, but that's very fulfilling. There's a lot of sacrifice involved in both, and that's not a brag. That's not, I'm not trying to win points with you. I'm just I'm trying to share my testimony of, of how I feel God has been so good to me. It's not just because I've asked. It's because we try to, hopefully, we do a good job at, at uh, treating others good and blessing them also.
so there's a chance that I'm shifting now because I wanted to, that's why I wanted to kind of fast forward to save time for this. And that's that we have a lot of volunteers in this church. A lot of volunteers who make every nation like that. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're amazing. And so I don't always get to, you know, say thank you in person. But we're very grateful. And it's not just me. It's, it's everybody in here. And so, you know, uh, you know, I don't want to miss this opportunity to say thank you to those, those who serve, you know. I mean, God sees the ones who wake up early to drive this big hunker van full of stuff so that we can set up here on Sunday those who show up early at 37, 35 degrees, you know, so that we can have church. The setup and the breakdown crew. And then after that, it's still not done. While everybody's out at lunch, we still got a crew of people here. Folding up, setting up, carrying, hauling, stacking. We have this joke sometimes as we're uh, loading the van and, and, the, and the guys are back there and they're flipping things and turning things. It's like Tetris. You know, we're like, it fit last week. Why isn't it fitting this week? I don't know. Just get it in there. And so all the service may end at 1130 or 12-ish. Some people don't go home till one. And so even though I may not get to thank you, when the creator of the universe, I mean, I'm not the one in control. God controls the universe. And when he thanks you, he thanks you by opening doors. He thanks you by blessing you. And he thanks you by giving. And he thanks you by making you feel fulfilled. And he thanks you by by making you realize that you do have a purpose. And so God appreciates you. He sees everything. He's the one that keeps the records. When we here on this earth may miss, may miss something or we, we don't, don't realize something, God doesn't. He tracks everything. And the Bible says what you do in secret, God will reward in the open. Don't worry if you don't receive credit or people don't thank you. God sees your sacrifice. God sees your service. He sees the extra hours. He's, man, I got to brag on this worship team all the time because you know what? Although we do a lot of things in this church, volunteers, you guys do a lot. You come early, you spend extra time. This team puts in extra time. They put in extra days so that they can lead you in worship. For those who make every nation work, the greeters, those who just simply smile. If you can smile, you can serve in this house. I'm just saying, if you can shake a hand, you can serve in this house. But for all of you who make it happen, on behalf of everybody who attends here, on behalf of everybody who worships here, a hearty, hearty, heartfelt thank you for all that you do. Can we give them a hand? Now, um, don't let me miss any ministries. I'm just kind of doing this off the cuff because I, I should have thought of this earlier and I'm just thinking about it now. So, um, uh, DJ, can you raise your hand? DJ and Leah. They lead our worship ministry up here. They're about to enter another season. 
Um, and so we are looking for help in the music ministry. Okay, if you feel like you have a musical gift or a musical voice, and I'll say this, we will be the judge of that. In love, we love you, but we will be the judge of that. Because you know how it is. Sometimes when the church has need, they'll let anybody sing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Like, oh, Lord, give us more people. No, I'm just saying. See them. Okay. Um, let's see. Do we have a representative from the kids' church in here? Anybody from the kids' church? Big Eric, this handsome man over here. Okay. Um, he will be our point person for today, but we will point you, him and his wife, and there are others who can also um, help uh, guide you if you feel like, you know, and let me say this, you know, sometimes God allows us to, I mean, you're like, man, I want to be the pastor. Uh, no, but we, got, we need help in the kids' church. <laughs> Don't discount doing the insignificant things because that's where God rewards. He says, if you're faithful in the small, He'll make you faithful in the bigger things. So see Eric uh, for now uh, for the kids' uh, ministry. Okay. Oh, you know what, man? I'm going to put you on the spot again, Eric, just for operations, I guess. If you can do nothing else, I can't sing. I don't like kids. I still got a place for you. Set up and break down. Just saying. Set up and break down. Not only is the music team, the music team, they are also set up and break down. If we can find other people to go, hey, you know what? Uh, you know, go get some refreshments. We're going to pack up this bin for you. That would be outstanding, and we would not turn that away. Okay, so set up and break down uh, operations, uh, setting up the tables in the morning. Okay, uh, uh, greeters. Do we have a, a, a greeter in here? Welcome team, ushers. Is there anybody in here? Dennis, raise your hand high, Dennis. How many appreciate Dennis? Nobody smiles quite like Dennis. See, Dennis, if you're interested, if you can shake a hand, if you can smile, like I said, if, you, if all you can do is stand in front and go, that will make a difference. They are on the front lines. The first people that, that visitors see when they come into the church. Okay, uh, help me. Who else? What else? What other ministries do we have? Uh, tech and media. So you say you're good with computers. Prove it. Um, who is there? Somebody in here who can represent? Okay, yeah. Oh, wait. I'm going to get to that. Because uh, Chris, where, oh, Chris, raise your hand. Come on, man. I'm sitting there celebrating you. Chris, see this handsome guy right here for tech and for media, uh, for doing the words. Um, also, uh, sound. Sound. Uh, John Hirano in the back. Oh, Chris, okay, Chris again. You know, it's the curse of competence, bro. When you do a lot of things well, everybody goes to you. Okay? Um, and then uh, hospitality. How many of you, as soon as we say in Jesus' name, amen, run for the table? Come on. For those who get behind that table and they prepare, that it just doesn't magically appear. It's not like that magic pill. They work. They wake up early to make coffee. They, they take turns doing it because it's such a heavy thing. And we tell them, you don't have to go that far. Don't rebuke me. But I tell them, hey, crackers and water is cool. Some of y'all are going, uh-uh, pastor. <laughs> well, then you better thank our hospitality team. Because they go all out for you. 
Some of them, even, and for those of you, I get it. And some of you teachers do this too. You spend on your own. It's your own expenses. God sees when you're spending on your students. God sees when you're taking somebody out, when you're feeding somebody. God sees all of that. The hospitality team, do I have a representative in here from hospitality? Jeannie, where you at, Jeannie? Right here, okay. Everybody turn around and look at Jeannie. She doesn't like this, but I'm going to make her do it. Okay, see her. Okay, she is our in-house, one of our in-house uh, pastry chefs. We have a few. Um, by the way, they also uh, have a business. I'm j just saying, it'll, it'll knock you down. Just, just try it. Okay, um, am I missing anybody else? Youth, kids, youth. Uh, do we have a representative from the youth? Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay we're going to say Ardell. Ardell. This cool guy with his hat backwards. Okay, if you're interested... Maybe you're saying, you know what, I don't have a lot, you know what, I'm not a good speaker. Maybe you don't have to speak. Maybe you can go help set up. Or maybe you can help be there. And maybe a kid has a question that you might be able to answer because you've been there. If you can do that, anything like that, if you're looking, hey, you know, I do like kids. They don't. I do. How can I help? Please see Ardell. Um, any, anything else? Driver, Drivers? Yeah, we have a van. It's like a Cadillac. It's big. It rides smooth. It even has a heater. But we assign people, we schedule people to go early to pick it up. And this is, this is early, okay? I'm going to give you fair warning if you feel like, oh, I could drive. Wait, hold on. They get there before 730 so that they can be here at 730. And the rest of us are texting, going, oh, man, I'm five minutes late. I'm ten minutes late. And the van's already parked in here, waiting to be unloaded. And then afterwards, driving the van out. If you're interested uh, in that, um, let's see. I'm going to say Pastor Matt because we've already pinned Eric so many times. Uh, so Pastor Matt, raise your hand. Okay, if you want to be scheduled as a van driver, we'll scoot stuff off the front seat for, so you can fit. Okay, we will make room for you, and we will make a place for you to be able to drive that van either in the morning or uh, after church. Anybody else? Oh, yes. How many appreciate our uh, college group? <laughs> college, y'all need to get mad and turn around and go, what? This is the next generation of leaders. These are the future pastors. These are the future uh, presidents. Come on, somebody. Even if it's in the glee club, that'll work. The future leaders are here now. How many of you were a student before? How many remember how rich you were when you were a student? Yeah, you remember, right? You probably didn't have a car. You're probably going to other people's house to eat. And it was probably ramen, but that's cool. We want to invest in these guys. We need drivers to drive to the university to pick them up on Sunday and then even for other events. If you have a car and you say, hey, I have some extra seat belts, maybe I can pitch in on a Sunday morning. If that's you, come see us, okay? And then for any of these things, I can help point you in the right direction. Pastor Matt can help you point in the right direction. Um, but for that, we'll say Tam. Can you raise your hand? How many appreciate Tam? Tam is going to be our very first full-time staff on the campus. She's almost raised her support. Pray for her. And um, yeah, and as you're praying, if God taps on your heart to help her and support her, please do, okay? All right. 
Anybody? Mm. Prayer. My wife is an intercessor. Will never let me forget this. She leads uh, among, uh, with uh, some of the other ladies in church, uh, the, the intercessory prayer team. Can I be honest? I am not an intercessor. It's part of my job. I have to pray. It doesn't mean I like it. Okay, I love talking to God. I love spending time with him. But sometimes I wake up in the morning and I go, I want to check my Instagram when I should be going in to pray. And then I come downstairs and my wife is at the table in her Bible and she's reading and she's praying and I'm feeling bad like, oh God, I'm the pastor. And I, oh. She, uh, along with uh, several other women, lead the prayer ministry. If you're interested in that or want to learn more, maybe you know you want to pray, but you just don't know that much about it, come see them, okay? They will teach you, school you, they will mentor you uh, and lead you into this ministry. Um, and they do it, they do it well. So even when you're sleeping, even when you're at work, even when you don't even realize it, we have a team that is praying for you. We have texts and chats that go out. Hey, pray for so-and-so. I heard so-and-so sick. I had, and that prayer goes out. And you don't even realize it, but we are praying for you. That's our intercessory team, okay, our prayer team. Anybody? Huh? Oh, and there's a prayer meeting this Saturday. All right, did I nail it? I think, I think so. All right. Father, thank you for Every Nation Church Las Vegas. Lord, thank you for all these incredible people. Lord, this message was meant to encourage and challenge, but I know there's already a, so many people who already do this. They hear this word and they're, and they're blessed because they're already doing it. Lord, thank you for those who give. Lord, thank you for those who operate. Lord, and they don't need any glory. They don't need any credit. Father, they're secure in you because their reward is in heaven. Lord, as a leadership team, Lord, help us to recognize and to see and not miss like we can do so many times. But Lord, I pray for multiplication as we grow as a church, that Father, we would grow in the area of serving. Uh, Lord, let us be um, blessed, fulfilled, and inspired as we do it. And just as Yessie came up and shared, may it also change our lives as well. Lord, we love you so much and we call it a privilege to be able to worship you and to be able to serve you by serving others. We love you, Lord. Be blessed, be magnified, be glorified in this house. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.